a safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Welcome to the show. Hope you had an awesome day. All right, tonight I want to try something a little new, and I want to hear how you feel about it. So once a week, I want to just focus on relationship issues, so less about sex and more about the whole relationship aspect, and we can cover lots of things, like in terms of intimacy and coping with infidelity, long-term relationships, short-term relationships, long-distance relationships, whatever else comes up in, in uh, in that vein. But I need your help. I want to call it something a little different. I want to know if you have any ideas. Like I was thinking maybe the Dr. Lori relationship hour, but I need your help. I want to hear if you have other suggestions. If I like your suggestion and I end up using your suggestion, you get a prize. Uh, So that's what I want your help for. Uh, And tonight I want to focus on the challenges of long-term relationships. What has been the biggest challenge for you? Has it been boredom, lack of freedom, lack of playfulness, uh, your partner's quirks or their habits maybe, uh, financial stresses, uh, conflicts that you have trouble resolving? Think about your long-term relationship. and I guess we, we can define long-term. Let's say, uh, I mean, I, I know there's no like set date to long-term, but let's say five years plus. And tell me how long you've been in this relationship, 10 years, 20 years, what have you. Um, but as usual, <clears throat> I'm going to start the show with answering questions, but I'm going to focus on, you know, the relationshipy ones for that this relationship hour. But I want to hear what you have to say. So if you have any thoughts of what we can call this segment, you know, you want to freshen up a little bit. We've been on the air for 20 years, like to do things a little bit differently, introduce uh, new themes or, or new panels or, or what have you. So I love your ideas and throw them my way. Like now is the time uh, that I can start you know, moving things around and, and, and maybe shake things up a little bit and uh, find uh, new avenues to, uh, to explore because we, me and you, have had a long-term relationship. We've been in this relationship, some of us, for uh, 20 years. Maybe some people have divorced me and that's okay. Um, but many of us have been in this long-term relationship together. So if you feel it's getting a little stale or you're a little bored, then help me out. Let's talk about it just as we would in any relationship, right? Let's talk about the things that we want more of. We want to hear more of that would help be more helpful to you. You need, I need you to help me figure this out because I don't do this for me. I do this for you. I want to be able to help you in the best way that I can and give you the best kind of content that you expect to hear from me, right? Uh, so please, I want your input and I'll give away prizes. I'm always happy to do that too. If, uh, if it means, uh, you speak to me a little bit. Okay. So let me start with, uh, a couple of questions, relationshipy type questions, and then we'll move right into talking about, uh, long-term relationships and what some of us may uh, feel as the, uh, fatigue of long-term relationships. Um, I've enjoyed listening to your show, especially when the topics being discussed are close to home for me. 
Uh, in the last uh, few months, I've worked hard and sought help for getting over a four-year narcissistic relationship. The scary thing was I did not know or feel at the time that I was in one until the dust began to settle and things became clearer. Yet my family and my closest friends saw through her. I can now say I know what they mean by love is blind. So just want to talk about this a little bit because you, you're asking like, how, you know, how do you end up in situations like this? And this is one of the things that you you want to figure out for yourself, right? But who are the narcissists and, and who are the people who end up with narcissists? So when we're talking about narcissists, I mean, there's, uh, there's extremes of it, of course, the extreme being more on the psychopathic, sociopathic. Uh, if you've seen um, uh, Dirty John, the Netflix special, that is the sociopathic, uh, narcissist. He really existed. That is a, a, a true, a true story. But generally speaking, people do throw around this term a lot when their partners are simply being uh, selfish or self-centered, but generally that's who we're talking about. People who are very self-centered, self-serving, especially, uh, who lack empathy and compassion, who tend to be more manipulative, who make you feel like you're the problem, who make you feel like you're uh, somehow the crazy one and make you doubt yourself uh, and your own instincts. And um, the people who end up with narcissists, whether they are male or female, are usually the givers of the world. You know, the people who um, others might say, oh, they're just, they're too nice almost, right? They put other people first. They're people who don't want to rock the boat. They try to avoid conflict sometimes at any cost. They have a hard time expressing what they want or what they need. And they are more likely to put the other person at the center of their life. And so they end up having trouble, uh, with their boundaries. So What's very important in a situation like this, I'm glad you're beginning to understand this. And now that you have some objective perspective, like you're looking outside, looking in, you're able to see what the relationship was all about. But it's really important to understand this about yourself and how, how it is that you, uh, got involved in this situation, but more importantly, if this is a pattern for you, even more important for you to learn this. And really it's about learning how to self care, how to self love, self acceptance, because it all originates with the self and how we feel about the self. Uh, oftentimes there's a, a root of course, the root is, is, is in our childhood, in, in our role in the family and the types of families we had, all of that. But I mean, that's a, there's a lot to cover and, and maybe on one of our future relationship, uh, uh, shows or hours, we will focus specifically on the narcissist, uh, relationship with the codependent or the, the giver, the giver and the receiver or the taker, I should say. Um, those types of relationships, which can often be very toxic uh, for us. There's a really good book that I want to suggest to you. It's called The Human Magnet Syndrome, Why We Love the People Who Hurt Us. 
It's excellent in terms of explaining all of this. We've had the author on the show before, but I think it's time uh, we bring him back. And this is an issue that a lot of people struggle with. You are not alone in this. So many people uh, end up in in my office, my colleagues' offices, uh, with this very, um, very same pattern or uh, relationship dynamic. So it, it would be good uh, absolutely good for you to explore that in uh, in greater depth so that you don't end up in that same type of relationship again. Uh, coming up, a study that predicts which long-term relationships are the most intense in terms of love. And we'll talk about the fatigue also of long-term relationships. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Tonight, uh, this is the uh, Dr. Lori Relationship Hour, unless you have a better name for it. So I want to do change things up a little bit, and we'll, we'll, we'll have it con- like firmed up for the month of October. But I want to spend like one night a week where we just focus on different relationship issues. And I love what Drew just wrote. He says, I'm so glad you're not talking about penis size and onion vaginas. <laughs> so we move away from the sexuality. We move into a specific relationship type topics uh, once a week. Okay. So, but I'm looking for what's a good name for it. I, rather than call it passion, can we call it something else? I want to play around a little bit and make, you know, make it a little more interesting, just like we do in long-term relationships. You want to be playful. You want to change things around a little bit. You want to experiment a little bit. This is what we're doing. And I, I need your help, uh, to do that. And, uh, what have you learned (laughs) with some explanation, of course, uh, no, I'm not crazy about that, uh, uh, that title for it. Uh, I don't know what else. What else would you want to call this uh, this weekly segment? Give me give me some uh, some help out here. Uh, all right, married thirteen, together fifteen. I've only noticed recently how often she does not actually listen to me, or at least acknowledge. So obviously that's uh, a problem, right? Sometimes you don't notice things until the kind of things settle down, like in the first years of marriage with kids and busyness and craziness. And it's like, you feel like you hardly have any time for each other. And then you realize, Hey, wait a second. I'm like, something's off here. It, you know, so you, you start to kind of take, take stock of what's going on in the relationship and you start to Sometimes we have doubts, sometimes we have, you know, we, we question things and it's okay. You're supposed to question, it's good, but you're also supposed to follow that up with a conversation. So I think it's important for you to speak to your partner, uh, and, and have a good heart to heart and maybe do like a, uh, a review of the relationship, like where, you know, how in companies you do like an annual review or you do, uh, like a, a, a tune up, what needs to be tuned up? What are the things that we should be working on together? I value our relationship. I really care about you and I love you and I want it. I want our relationship to remain great. So let's talk about some of the things we can do that, uh, that we can you know, improve on, on this relationship. So that might be, um, a little fun. And earlier I was talking about 
a narcissism. How do you not be a narcissist if I think I am one? How do uh, how do I fix it? Well, the first thing is knowing whether you are or aren't, and the impact this is having on your relationships. I'm I'm assuming that maybe a partner has said this to you or has been unhappy with you. Uh, or you're, you're somehow there's, there's, uh, you're feeling guilty about something. So talk it out with somebody who is familiar with this and, and see, uh, generally speaking, narcissists don't reach out because they don't think there's anything wrong with them. Uh, so my guess is just the simple fact that you're writing to me you know, might, might mean that you are not, but everybody has a healthy dose. Like there's, everybody has some bit of narcissism in them. Like that's normal and healthy. We're talking about extremes here, a little more extreme. So just look at the impact you've had on, uh, on relationships. Uh, Dr. Lori, maybe a little idea for the name of your segments. How about tango to go tango night or something that has the word tango in it to love your show? Hmm. Um, <laughs> call it recycle with Lori. Re- why are we recycling here? <laughs> uh, for a title, how about navigating monogamy? That's good, except we may be talking about non-monogamous relationships as well. So I don't want to exclude people who choose to also be in, uh, in non-monogamous relationships. Sounds like a performance evaluation. I can't stand those. Well, except that it's a, it's you, both of you are doing this. It's not about a performance. It's a more about what you want. So you're not saying you're not, you're this, you're that, you're, you know, you're not giving them grades on things, but it's more about talking about what it is that you particularly want more of in a relationship and to express um, some of your displeasure. If you don't feel heard, it's important that you, that your partner understands that you don't feel heard. So it's not about, try not to use the words you or why when you start a sentence, always start with I, and you won't get into this trap of the other person getting all defensive and then it turning into, um, and turning into a fight. Another, uh, another one is fun here. Another title, Dr. Lori's love ship hour. Oh, that's fun too. Cruising through your amorous situations and learning how to discover, uncover and recover in your relationships. I love that tagline. I love that tagline. I'm saving that if I end up using it, of course I have to run it through, you know, bosses and stuff. So we'll see if everybody agrees, but I love it. That's great. Um, how about calling this segment commitments? All relationships are commitments and there are many kinds of commitments. That's very good. Also. All right. Uh, text wise, how do you say, did you hear me? Uh, you don't say that you say, I'd like to have a conversation with you. Could I have your undivided attention, please? And then you can ask, um, did was I clear in what I was saying? Did you get what I, what I meant in that way is how you, uh, you can do that. Uh, or you can do relation, relation aid. Mm, nah, that one doesn't work so much. I like the love ship hour. That sounds pretty good or commitments. I have to play around with those a little bit and see. So long-term relationships, I want to hear from you. What has been the biggest challenge for you 
Is it boredom? Is it your partner's quirks, habits? What are the things that you found that you've had to work at, really work at, to continue to have a, a good and healthy relationship. Pillow talk with Lori. Pillow talk to me sounds more on the sexual side without saying sex. It sounds a little bit like that. So, um, although that's a good, it's a good one too, but I think it's been used by other people. So I want, let's try and be original, original. So I want to talk to you about a study. Speaking of relationships in long-term, uh, long-term relationships, so this study was done that looked at people uh, who were still in love even after 10 years of marriage, and they wanted to predict the strength of their um, of their passion. So, which is uh, which is actually very interesting. So, what they found is that 40 percent of people who are married 10 years or more stated that they were very intensely in love, which is the highest rating on the scale that they gave. Another 15% gave their marriages the second highest rating on the love intensity scale. And those who stuck together for 30 years and more also gave their marriages high ratings with 40% of women and 35% of men saying that they were very intensely uh, intensely in love. So it doesn't necessarily go away. Love, we know that love changes and we could talk about that coming up in terms of how, um, how love changes. Uh, so the, the researchers ended up wanting to predict which relationships would be marked by the strongest degree of, uh, intensity. When we talk about love, we, we usually, we talk about passion, commitment, closeness, uh, early experiences in relationships, emotional needs, and the ability to communicate. Those are the things that are looked at, uh, which of course are important to the health of any um, relationships. But what are the things that predict? So um, what they found is that uh, the people who are um, more intensely in love are the ones who still feel a strong romantic attraction but who also enjoy engaging in self-expanding joint activities. In other words, activities that are challenging for them individually, that are new, that could include, for example, traveling to different places with a partner, like new places, exploring new things with a partner. Uh, And the researchers also thought that um, strong love would involve regular strong doses of dopamine, which is the neurotransmitter uh, that pumps up the brain's reward circuits. Uh, Of course, they didn't actually measure the dopamine, but we know that these like new experiences cause the dopamine, the transmitter to, um, to, to pump up the, the reward, right? There's a, the, the reward center is activated when you're doing something new. And when that reward center is activated, there's more you feel more intense, uh, more intensely towards your partner, whether it's passion, love, um, whatever. So it's, uh, it's quite interesting. I found this study really, really interesting. Uh, coming up, I want to talk about, there was an interesting article called the fatigue of long-term relationships. I thought this is a, an interesting way of putting it. Um, but what can we expect of long-term relationships?
Passion with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. We're talking about uh, long-term relationships tonight. And, well, you know, I've been here 20 years, so that means that for many, uh, many of you and, and I have been in a long-term relationship. And maybe sometimes we experience a little bit of uh, fatigue in this relationship. And so what do we need to do when there is some relationship fatigue? We want to spice things up, do something new. So I'm asking for your help in our relationship to um, help me decide on a name for a new segment that I want to try. So once a week, I want to just focus on relationships. So no sex talk, just relationship issues that many, many of us uh, may face. And I want to help you navigate those. So give me some advice as to give me some some ideas of, of what you think I should call it. Originally, I was thinking of the Dr. Lori relationship hour. Somebody else said that. Uh, some people have uh, call, said other, other things like navigating commitment or somebody says checking in with you hour or life spice and stuff. We've got lots of different um, suggestions. If I end up using any of your suggestions, I'm calling you and giving you a prize. That I promise you. Uh, so let, you know, let me uh, let me hear what you have to say. Five one four eight hundred. And while we're on the subject of these long term relationships, tell me about your challenges being in a long term relationship. And let me know how long you've been in a relationship. I'm just coming up on our twenty uh, five year anniversary, and you know, no relationship is perfect and smooth sailing throughout. That just doesn't. I've never seen that. I don't think it exists. Everybody has bumps and hurdles and stresses and things they have to navigate. The longer they stay together, the more navigation, because the more stuff happens, uh, the longer you are together. But hopefully you get stronger and stronger and better at dealing with all that life throws at you uh, together, right? Uh, let's see, uh, longtime listener, um, your advice has been a life jacket for many people. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. How about shall we dance or C for confidence, J for joie, A for affirmation, D for destiny for CJD? <laughs> yeah, the bosses might like that one. That's really kind of cute. Uh, let's talk about fatigue in long-term relationships for a moment. So, I read this thing. I thought it was brilliant in comparison. The question was, how fresh is your commute to work after a few years or even a few months? How much new scenery do you take in? I don't know about you, but I'm like robotic going, like, I don't even know how I got to, uh, you know, how I get to the station from home or how I get home. I feel like, oh, I'm here already. Okay. It's like you're in another zone, right? Um, how much, like, what about your car after it loses its new car smell? Think about that. You know how exciting it is when when you get something, it's really special, but how long does it actually stay special to you? Or the new purse you bought, or the, the, the new dress you bought. Nothing stays new and fresh. That's the reality, and we kind of need to think about this like we all most of us go through the 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 beginning stages 
uh, of a relationship, obviously, if you're in a long-term relationship, which is like the, I can't keep my hands off you stage, right? It's, it's the honeymoon phase of relationships. And if you're fortunate enough, then of course you, your relationship, uh, grows and your love grows and, and it ends up being longer, uh, and, and long-term relationships. But there are things we need to like be aware of if we actually want to be and stay in a long-term relationship. Because many of us, first of all, many of us have uh, these big expectations, romantic expectations, things that we have watched in movies, for example, or things we see in, in younger couples. We see the exciting, the wonderful, we see all of that. But that romantic phase of a relationship, the in-lust phase of a relationship, only lasts between six months to three years, tops, okay? Um, maybe maybe you're telling me and you're hearing saying, no, no, we're still in that phase. Well, okay, that's good. It's good for you, but it's rare, all right? That doesn't happen for, uh, for the majority of us, obviously, you know, there's a, an exception to every norm. Um, but you've got to be able to let go of these expectations because when you hold on to them, it's con- you were continuously, uh, dissatisfied, let down, and it ends up putting you in a position where, uh, where you suffer really to to sustain the relationship, you don't want it to, to get into the, that fatigue mode. So you've got to stay working at it because you want to keep growing. It, you don't just plant a seed and just, okay, let's, let's just leave it there. And that's all I need. So, you know, putting the ring on, putting your wedding rings on or going through the wedding ceremony or moving in together. It's not enough to just sustain. Like some people say, well, you know, love will get us through it. No, love is not enough. Sorry. Love is just not enough. You need far more. You need conscious, sustained effort in order to make a long-term relationship work. This is really important. I was having a conversation with a couple and the, the guy in the couple was saying something like, Um, I want to be able to say whatever, whatever I want. I want to have the freedom to say whatever I want. And I'm just expressing myself, except that a lot of what he was expressing came out as critical things, right? Things that he wasn't happy about. The, the problem with this is that you actually don't need to say all these things that are going through your, your mind. It, the expectation that my partner should be the receptacle of all of my frustrations, of all of my, uh, criticisms of all my negativity is, is wrong. Actually, you're only making the relationship worse. So think about what you're going to say first. It doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong. It's not, it's not a question of that, but you have to think about, will this make my marriage better or will this hurt my marriage or hurt my partner? Because, you know, these oftentimes the criticisms that come up are things your partner has heard time and time again, over the course of this long-term relationship. So think about that for a bit. You also want to keep building intimacy 
and trust. And you do this with vulnerability and honesty, like telling the truth, saying what you mean. And I, what I'm talking about, I'm not, I'm not talking about don't you know, the lying or whatever. It's not about that. What I'm saying is be honest with your feelings with your partner rather than the way that often some people will do it is, is the passive aggressive way or a roll of the eyes or some other passive aggressive way to express themselves. It's in a mean way. I like this saying, say what you mean, don't say it mean. I want to give you some more ideas of how to combat the, uh, the fatigue of long-term relationships and keeping it, uh, somewhat fresh, right? We want to freshen things up as we're doing here on the show. This is Passion on CJAD 800. You know what I realized? I've been in a long-term relationship with you almost as long as I've been married. (laughs) Wow. Speaking of long-term relationships, I'm asking for your help. I want to try and do this uh, once a week, just focus on relationships. I want to call it something different. Um, And I want to get some of your feedback on that. Uh, you know, it's, I, I want to combat a little bit of fatigue. Like I, I'm sure, you know, there might be a little bit of boredom here and there and we, it's nice to freshen things up and shake things up a little bit. Right. Uh, somebody called it the long-term tune-up. I like that. Actually. I like that. The long-term tune-up. Another person says it takes two and play the song from Rob Bass. Also a good one. How about living together and help along the way? George says, loving connections, also really good. Uh, Dr. Lori's guidance to a healthier relationship. Another one says, love sense, also good. Maybe you could tell me some some songs I can uh, play with that. Uh, Show me love is another one. How about candid times, relationship cheat sheet. Ooh, eye to eye contact is another one. Well, I have some creative uh, partners here. Thank you. Love it. Refresh hour. Okay. That's also, these are all really good. I'm going to end up picking one somewhere here or, you know, see what, what, what comes up. Uh, talking about long-term relationships and, and refreshing, which you're right. We've got to, we've got to keep refreshing. It's important to refresh in our relationships, but how do you do that? How do you combat that fatigue in, uh, in long-term relationships? So, one of the things that is important in long-term relationships is that you each have your space, your individuality, meaning that you have other friendships other than simply just your marriage partner or your live-in partner or your long-term partner, because one person shouldn't be uh, responsible for meeting all of your needs. That just doesn't that just doesn't work. We need to give our partner space to have an outside life, to have um, outside friendships. That's really uh, important. It's also important for us to take stock, take advantage of what we have in a long-term partnership that you'll never get in a new partnership. Uh, Someone to grow old with, someone who knows you really, really well, someone who's been 
through so much with you over so many years, someone that you probably trust in a deeper way than you can trust most anyone else in the world. Someone who has your back, hopefully uh, your long-term partner has your back. In upcoming uh, Relationship Hour episodes, we'll talk about healthy versus unhealthy relationships. Like We'll address all of that. Uh, so that all these things are, uh, important. So now in a long-term relationship, you have something that feels, uh, more secure, feels more open. If you are like, let's say 25 years together, 30 years together, you're now in a phase of life where you have less routines maybe because the kids aren't there anymore. You have more freedom to do stuff. Uh, as one texter wrote, which I love, uh, in same relationship for 11 years, we keep up with adventures, not just sexual. We keep it new, try new things, never go to bed upset. Not always easy, but we manage and have fun. So one thing here that's very true, and the studies bear this out, the more new things you do, I'm not talking about sexual, although that too counts, but the, when you try new things together, when you travel to new places, when you try new restaurants together, when you just have that sense of adventure, which equals to a sense of playfulness for many, this feeds your relationship and feeds the love and feeds the passion. And this is a way to refresh the relationship. Now, when you talked about never go to bed upset. I think that's a bit of a myth. Sometimes, sometimes you have couples who, because they don't want to go to bed upset, will stay up till three o'clock in the morning, hashing something out and still not coming to a conclusion, just being exhausted. And it's not always the best solution. Sometimes you need to sleep on it. Sometimes you need to have a fresh a view when you get up in the morning, when the anger has dissipated, when the frustration has dissipated a bit, and when you can talk more, uh, more rationally. Sometimes it's a good thing to just go to bed and say, you know what, we'll deal with it tomorrow. A couple of other titles for this, Surviving Togetherness. Well, I like that too, Surviving Togetherness. Working Out the Bumps. Somebody might interpret that as sexual. I don't know. Uh, conquering commitment with Lori. Conquering commitment. Hmm. That's a good one too. Dr. Lori's Love Ship Hour. You could use the theme song from The Love Boat. <laughs> uh, yeah. Except our younger listeners will have no idea what that theme song is about. Right? The Love Boat. That. When was the last time that was on television? <laughs> I think it's uh, a long time ago. Uh, love roller coaster or Dr. Lori, love is us hour. Okay, I'm getting some good ones. The passion binds that bounds. I think I'm going to have a hard time with that on the tongue. Uh, I think it's got to be easy for me to say uh, as well. But this has been, you know, fun. I'm, I'm really uh, enjoying this. And again, you know, many of us are in, uh, in long-term relationships. Many of us work at it or recognize that we need to work at it. And if, if you're having trouble, like if you get stuck somewhere, don't wait, 
go get help. Like therapists are not there for just, you know, seriously mentally ill people. That's just not how it works. Like the stronger people come to us. I always say the people who end up on uh, across from me on the couch are the ones who are the strongest because they recognize when they need help and they have the courage to make the phone call and to say, you know what, we could use some help before we, this gets any worse or before we, we end up going to divorce a divorce lawyer. We want to try this out. We want to work it out. And you're committing to each other when you do this. When I see a couple, they're committing to working it through. And that is a great um, first step. So that's uh, that's really an important thing for you to remember. Don't wait years uh, before you go and get help. Another couple of things. How about Dr. Lori's Live, Laugh, and love hour. That's also really good. Uh, from experience, I can attest to the fact that certain people, unfortunately, are un- incapable of understanding politeness, subtlety, and political correctness, and seem to unnecessarily require that you convey your point in a very blunt and often mean manner. Unfortunately, as they often exhaust your patience and civilized attempts at communicating relationship issues. That well, that's too bad if you're in a position where you uh, have to. Uh, end up being mean in order to communicate. I do believe there are other ways uh, to to make that happen. Dr. Petito's growing together and not apart. Oh, that's also good. You guys have been great. Thank you so much. I'm going to keep all of these and and, uh, work it through, put a little work group together and figure out what we're going to call this this relationship hour. So thanks for indulging me in this. I really do appreciate it. Thanks to our uh, technical producer tonight, Aaron Lakoff. If you want to connect with me on social media and throw out some other ideas at me there, you can, at Dr. Lori Batito. You can also contact me through my website, drlori.com. If you have any questions about relationships, about sex, about love, whatever it is, send them to me. I'm happy to answer them. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a wonderful rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion.